You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Today's episode is brought to us by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, this is the postgame podcast. The Timberwolves fell to the Toronto Raptors on Wednesday uh, by 12 points, meaning that we're headed into the All-Star break on a down note for the Timberwolves. Uh, this was actually eerily similar to parts of the Charlotte game on Monday, uh, but unfortunately, the result was not quite the same. Uh, the Timberwolves on Monday, of course, or excuse me, on Tuesday, defeated the Charlotte Hornets despite shooting the ball terribly from the field. On Wednesday, they shot almost identically from the field, a little bit better from the free throw line, in fact. Uh, Still not great, but they only scored 91 points for the game because they were not able to to get it done to the level that they were Tuesday. They didn't get it done down the stretch in the clutch. That was the biggest issue. I want to talk about just how good Carlton Towns has been. I want to still give some praise to Chris Finch for some impressive in-game adjustments that almost worked for a team that just couldn't make open shots. Um, and uh, we'll do individual studs and duds as well. So it's all upcoming here on the show. The last game for the next eight days here as we head into All-Star Weekend. Uh, first, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, the show's free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, uh, and wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so setting this up, the Raptors, of course, did not have Fred Van Vliet was sitting this one out uh, with a knee, I believe. The Timberwolves were at full strength, essentially. Um, And winnable game for Minnesota. Uh, The last game before the All-Star break, and it was the second out of a back-to-back, but the Wolves were playing at home again, of course. One ugly on Tuesday. The hope was that they could perhaps win ugly again Wednesday. Unfortunately, that did not happen. Um, This thing was sloppy from the start. The Timberwolves got outplayed significantly in the first quarter. It was actually kind of amazing. They were only down by seven at the end of the first quarter. Minnesota's offense was not clicking. It was the exact opposite start of what they had against Charlotte Tuesday. When they came out with energy, they took an 11, 12-point first quarter lead. This game was the opposite. They should have been down by double figures heading to the second quarter. Instead, they were only down seven. Um, And then in the second quarter, Chris Finch rolled out his own defense that worked really well against the Raptors, the Timberwolves zone. Talk more about this in takeaways later in the episode. The Wolves zone was awful early in the season. They tried it on and off and it just never really worked. It's been improving and it really kind of threw a wrench in things for Toronto. Uh, Toronto doesn't have that many great uh, shooters on their roster. I say that, of course, and they shot a better percentage than the Wolves in this game, but they still only made eight threes outside of Gary Trent Jr. Didn't have anybody else that was making threes with any level of success. The Timberwolves decided to try the zone, try and make you know the young guards like a like a Gary Trent Jr. Uh, and I guess also OG Ananobi to some extent, make them try and probe the zone, make them try and make outside shots. And the Wolves held Toronto to just 19 points in the second quarter. It was a breath of fresh air for a defense that had been struggling a lot lately. And the Timberwolves actually, the second quarter was by far their best quarter of the game. No question about it. Offensively, they switched some things up too. They moved Towns into some mid-post situations. Um, and they they really just kind of did what we hadn't seen them do a lot recently, which was 
force the other team to double team him in an uncomfortable spot on the floor. And they did, because if you don't, he's just going to drive to the basket from the mid post. He's going to shoot a mid range jumper if you play off of him and make it most of the time. Um, and I mean, ultimately, this was uh, this was just exactly in the second quarter. This game felt good. It felt like it was swinging back the other direction. Indeed, the Timberwolves took a halftime lead. The Timberwolves bench played well in the second quarter. Far out played a, a really weak and, and thin Raptors bench. Um, Torian Prince, Jaden McDaniels, both had great stints. Timberwolves had a free throw advantage in the first half and took a two point lead into halftime. The third quarter was ugly for both teams. Um, and, uh, I, well, the Wolves still had a lead halfway through the quarter, but then as, as the quarter went on, there was some weird stuff that happened. Carl Anthony Towns hurt his, his thumb. It looked like his right thumb wrist area going up for a defensive rebound. And, uh, there was a long review replay review, a couple of possessions later, and that allowed him to get some treatment on the bench. He didn't come out of the game for the injury at any point, played through it, kept shaking his hand. It appears to be the same or similar to what has been hindering him the last couple of weeks here uh, with his shooting hand. Apparently, Chris Finch said this after the game the other night, it's it's one of the things that could have impacted the number of jumpers he was shooting because he was more comfortable getting to the basket and trying to draw foul score that way versus shooting three-pointers because it is his shooting hand. But he didn't come off the floor. Uh, the, the quarter closed okay. This was still a two-point Timberwolves lead going to the fourth, but then the wheels came off. The Wolves just missed a bunch of open perimeter jumpers, and they allowed perimeter jumpers left and right for Toronto. And things got out of hand relatively quickly. I mean, the Wolves got back to within, it got to five points with about two and a half minutes left. That's as close as the Wolves got. The Raptors quickly got it up to 10, and that was all she wrote. Um, the Timberwolves just could not get it done in terms of just making open shots. And I, I wish it was more complicated than that. It, it wasn't in this game. The Timberwolves just really, really struggled uh, to, to, to make open shots. Okay. Um, next, what I want to do is I want to look at key takeaways. I've got a couple related to coaching. I've got some related to, uh, Carl Anthony Towns and the Timberwolves rotation. So we're going to do all that here next. First though, let's talk about our friends over at bet online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right on down to the Olympic coverage and information throughout the rest of this week. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's go ahead and get into some key takeaways. Uh, first, though, thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, be sure to check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's talk key takeaways from this one. I spent some time on Wednesday's show following the win over the Hornets talking about Chris Finch. I want to get into some Finch adjustments here in a second. First of all, though, the obvious thing here is, is the shooting issues, right? Um, and I mean, at the risk of completely oversimplifying everything ever, I mean, what the Wolves shot 39 ish percent last night in the win over the Hornets total from the floor. They shot 24 ish percent from three last year, just a little, or last night, I should say on Tuesday, a hair above 24%. Uh, tonight, on Wednesday night, I should say 39% again from three or total from the floor and 23.8. So essentially 24% from beyond the arc, the same thing, 39%, 24%, this time a loss last night, a win. 
or the previous night of win. The free throw line, uh, for shooting at the free throw line, was about 10 points higher, you know, 72% versus whatever it was in the 60s on Tuesday. But shooting is the biggest issue. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns was good, 9 of 14 from the floor, 2 of 3 from the field. Jaden McDaniels was great, 6 of 13 shooting from the field, 1 of 7 only from outside the arc. He was like 1 of 6 on Tuesday too. So rough, rough three-point shooting nights for Jaden here a couple of consecutive nights in a row. But generally, nobody else on the team shot the ball well at all. Um, I, I mean take Towns out of the three-point shooting and the team was what? Eight of 39 on three-point attempts. The Raptors were eight of 25. The Raptors made the same amount as non-Towns Timberwolves three-point shooters on 14 less attempts, which is a really alarming way to put that. Um, I mean, what's the deal with with the shooting? I, I mean, at this point, you know, right before the All-Star break, playing what, 59 games here before the All-Star break, meaning that there's only 23 to play the rest of the way. So we're really at the two-thirds mark in the season. Um is it legs? Is it everybody's just tired? What's what's the deal? Now, of course, the Wolves offense, it has been the best offensive unit. This was prior to Tuesday's game, um, but the best offensive unit since January 1st, even coming into Wednesday's game, it was ninth in offensive rating for the year as a whole. And remember how bad they were early in the season, but the three-point shooting hasn't been great all year long. It was 19th in the league after Tuesday night's debacle in terms of percentage, still launching the most per game, but 19th in percentage. And coming into the season, I talked a lot about how this team would be so much better from beyond the arc because they've acquired, there's virtually nobody in the rotation besides Jared Vanderbilt who doesn't shoot the three well, right? Carl Anthony Towns, a career 40% three-point shooter. Torian Prince, career around 39%. Jalen Noel, we knew he could shoot the ball better than he has uh, in his NBA career to this point. Anthony Edwards, we knew would be roughly league average. Malik Beasley was a 40% three-point shooter. D'Angelo Russell was more about volume than anything else, but was always kind of 36%, which is, which is, you know, manageable. Nas Reed should be somewhere near league average, but not shooting a ton of threes because he's playing limited minutes behind Towns anyway. Patrick Beverly, a career 38, 39% three-point shooter, despite what all the visiting announcers say that he's not known for his three-point shooting. The guy's been a great three-point shooter for his entire career. Um, you know, Jaden McDaniels, I guess, would be the other question mark. He's below league average last year as a rookie. Um, so McDaniels and Vanderbilt, but everybody else that's part of the rotation, you would expect would be able to make threes on a regular basis. That has not been the case. We've seen guys like uh, especially Malik Beasley, to a lesser extent, Angel Russell. Uh, Patrick Beverly is the best example of, of, of guys who have been very good three-point shoot shooters for their career and have not been this year. Torian Prince was that until his recent hot streak. He was at 39% coming into this game, but for much of the year was, you know, around 30%. And he's a guy that again, shot 40% last year and has always been in the upper thirties for the most part. Um, so at some point, I've been talking about this forever now, there's gotta be some progression to the mean for the, there has been for Prince, but it's gotta be coming for Beasley, for Russell, for Beverly, especially Beverly hasn't happened yet. And to make matters worse, we've got the tired legs before the All-Star break, the second night of a back-to-back, which doesn't explain Tuesday's issues, but could at least partially explain Wednesday's problems that the Timberwolves were having. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, at some point, they've just got to start making open shots. I mean, this is, like it goes without saying, you have to make open jumpers in a playoff series. It's it's really the reason why the Wolves went away from using Towns in the, in the, in the low post and in the mid post as much as they did early in the season because the personnel wasn't around him, wasn't making threes. Yeah, Towns had some turnover problems. That's been an issue. He gets overzealous. He makes crazy passes. He, you know, commits offensive fouls, trying to step through double teams and be a hero. But he's been so much better of late that the Wolves said, all right, let's go back to trying this. And Charlotte did an effective job on Tuesday of trying to keep Towns out of the middle of the floor to try to keep him from getting into face-up dribble drive situations. 
um, in the middle of the floor. And they did a pretty good job of that. Finch said, let's put him in the mid post. Let's try this again. And it worked really well in the second quarter of, of the loss on Wednesday to the Raptors. But Towns has been so much better with his decision-making and controlling himself lately that the Wolves could afford to do that. He made several great passes um, and a lot of hockey assists. He ended up with only three assists on the night, but the second quarter, especially cat was fantastic passing out of those double teams. Um, and I mean, that's how the wolves are going to win these games. If, if they have guys that can make threes at even a league average clip surrounding towns, teams can't double him the way that they want to. And that means the wolves can keep other teams guessing. They can use him in the post. They can use him in the high post. They can use him in the mid post. They can run more horn sets. They can do all the dribble handoff action that they've been doing. They can um, do some of the, the other thing that, uh, that they've been doing a lot more of lately is the secondary break action where they essentially just go right into a handoff to towns. If towns is the trailer and he doesn't get an open three, he just comes and gets the ball from whichever guard has it, you know, somewhere near uh, really kind of the, the wing area of the floor and he can just straight line drive to the basket and the handoff acts almost as a screen and he can get a step on his defender. And at that point it, it's over. I mean, Towns can do whatever he wants because of his length, his athleticism, his shooting touch, his scoring ability overall. The Wolves have been doing a ton of that. They can, all these things are on the table. If they could just make threes around Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's what we're looking for is some of this consistency around him. But that kind of segues into my Chris Finch thing. I, I mean, those adjustments, Towns in the mid post, the secondary actions with uh, more dribble handoffs with Cat, more opportunities for him to get the ball. It, that's exactly what the Wolves have done or should be doing more of. They did a lot of this last year was running sets where Anthony Edwards could get the ball in a handoff and go downhill. He's a little too indecisive uh, at times, Edwards is, and, and that's not anything about this game specifically. That's another story. I mean, he didn't make a shot from the field in this game, um, but in general, Edwards in those handoff actions can be a little indecisive. He'll get the handoff uh, on the perimeter and then he'll kind of, you know, do I want to drive? Do I want to shoot a three? And then, you know, at that point, defenses can load up and decide what they think he's going to do. And um, whereas with Towns, he's getting downhill. They're angling the handoff towards the baskets so that Towns can get the ball and just beeline, straight line drive directly to the basket. Uh, but Finch's adjustments in game, the second quarter was a masterclass in coaching. The first quarter was miserable for the Wolves. Finch said, all right, we're going to roll out the zone. It's going to work against a Raptors team that can't shoot threes and shouldn't be able to beat us up on the glass, which I'll get to in a second, um, or in the paint. And this this will allow us to be effective defensively against the Raptors team that got what they wanted, really, especially Gary Trent Jr. early in the game. And then also offensively to do the more of the mid-post stuff with Towns. Really, really impressive. Now, the second half, it's not like Finch all of a sudden forgot how to coach. The Timberwolves just stopped making open shots. I mean, Jade McDaniels hit a, a nice corner three in the second quarter. Torian Prince was very good. Uh, the Wolves were making the open shots. Patrick Beverly, it didn't happen in the second half. Um, and, and the Raptors played better in the second half. And that's essentially what happened. Um, another note related to, uh, to key takeaways, paint play in this game. So the Wolves were a minus six on the glass against the Raptors. That shouldn't happen against a team that has, yes, they're long, they're athletic. I understand that. Um, you know, Ananobi, Siakam, obviously, Scotty Barnes, um, you know, for a guard, Gary Trent Jr., Chris Boucher. They've got all these guys who are long, they're athletic, but they don't have true size. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed and Jared Vanderbilt, these guys should be able to do damage against teams like this. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt fits basically what the Raptors are long and athletic can rebound. Um, and, uh, that just didn't happen for the Wolves in this one. Jared Vanderbilt only played 18 minutes. Part of that was because Jaden McDaniels was playing so well and the Wolves needed offense, 
but he only played 18 minutes and managed just three rebounds in those 18 minutes. Uh, Vanderbilt just hasn't quite been himself. He had a double-double the other night, I guess, but for the most part in the last few weeks just has not been quite himself. He's obviously got some injuries, is banged up, is tired, hasn't played this many minutes really ever. I mean, you look back at college and pros, the injury history, you know, not being in the rotation in the last couple of years. He hasn't played this many minutes in forever, really. Um, and so that that's all understandable. But in a game like this, this would be one area where I think Finch maybe could have could have gotten Vando on the floor a little bit more. The Wolves were beat up in the glass. You look at points in the paint, the Timberwolves were way behind there as well. I, I think I have the stat right here. Um, yeah, they were beat points in the paint, 52 to 34 in this game. So they were minus 18 points in the paint to a much smaller Raptors team and uh, were a minus six on the glass to a much smaller Raptors team. So the, the tweak I would have made there is play Vanderbilt more um, and maybe try the Nas and Towns lineups together. I, I guess that's tenuous defensively against a team that's as athletic as the Raptors because how are you truly going to guard um, those guys on the perimeter if you have both you know two bigs on the floor like that? But I mean, the glass was an issue um, in this game, was, was just not being able to get their own second chance opportunities, not really limiting the Raptors' second chance opportunities, um, and, and it really hurt Minnesota. My last thing uh, in terms of key takeaways is related to uh, Malik Beasley. Uh, he was, again, not good in this game uh, for the Timberwolves. Malik Beasley shot 2 of 11, 2 of 10 outside the arc. He still got 18 minutes. Jalen Noel only got uh, four minutes at the start of the fourth quarter. Wasn't as good as he was on Tuesday when he got a six-minute stint. Um, but Beasley's at least competing defensively, and uh, Noel doesn't necessarily have a track record of doing that. So I think that, plus the fact that we know that Beasley can score, or at least we thought we knew that and before this year, can score in bunches with some frequency on a regular basis. He was a 20-point, 19.9 point per game scorer last year, 40% from three at some point it's got to kick in, right? The Wolves thought it was kicking in a week or two ago. It hasn't done that. It hasn't stuck at least. And uh, Beasley competing defensively is is one of the reasons. I mean, Jalen Noel is still a subpar defender. So is Beasley for the most part, but he's at least tried defensively lately, which is a low bar. I get that. But that combined with the fact that, hey, this guy's a career 38% three-point shooter. He shot 40% last year. At some point, he's going to catch fire, right? Right? Um so that has to be the thought process there. But I've been saying this now since before the COVID stuff, like back in December, at some point, Jalen Noel has to eat into some of these Malik Beasley minutes. If Malik cannot be better, I, I don't know how else to say it. If he can't just make open threes, then what's the value there? Uh, Jalen Noel can at least do a few different things. Um, and so at some point, those minutes, uh, that allocation is probably going to shift around a little bit. All right. Let's close the show by looking at individual studs and duds. Then we'll talk about what's upcoming here the rest of this week and this weekend. Um, we're going to do all that next. First, though, let's talk about the title sponsor of today's program. And that, of course, is our friends at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com, both at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer, and they have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil to even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know 
that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, uh, let's go ahead and do individual studs and duds. Uh, again, pretty easy in this one for the Timberwolves. Um, so number one, Carlton Towns obviously was really good in this game. 24 points, 11 rebounds, 9 of 14 shooting, 2 of 3 outside the arc, 4 of 5 at the free throw line. He had the thumb issue in the third quarter, came back and played. Played pretty well down the stretch too. Couldn't quite take over as much, but credit the Raptors. to try. They tried to force the ball out of his hands and, and were did a pretty good job. Cat had three assists, three steals, only two turnovers, only committed three fouls in this game. He was one of only two Timberwolves players with a positive plus minus. Uh, I'm sorry, one of three Timberwolves players with a positive plus minus for whatever that's worth. Um, but a, a good game from Towns. Not a monster game like he had Tuesday, but hard to complain with the effort um, and just how good he's been over the past, geez, I don't know, six weeks, really, since since he came back from the health and safety protocols list. Towns has been phenomenal. Um and uh, this was another example of that, right in line with his averages, 24 and 11, three assists, three steals, a couple of made threes in this one. Uh, another stud, obviously, Jaden McDaniels, talked about him a little bit earlier, but 18 points on six of 13 shooting. Another, I mean, he was one of six on threes last on Tuesday, one of seven on Wednesday. Take those out. He shot five of six on two-point attempts in this game, five of six at the free throw line as well. So 18 points on 13 shots, seven rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block for Jaden McDaniels. Played 30 minutes, which was fourth on the team um, in, in terms of minutes played. Was really kind of invaluable over this back-to-back -back stretch when Vando hasn't done quite as much and the Wolves just aren't getting contributions from anyone else in the scoring column. Jaden McDaniels has come to life, put the ball on the floor, done some of the things that the Wolves tried to get him to learn to do over the summer in Las Vegas Summer League. And he truly is kind of looking like, uh, you know, I don't know that we can expect the 18 a night thing all the time from him off the bench, but if he adds some of those elements and can at least provide a timely scoring punch off the bench on nights like this, when the Wolves need it, um, that would be huge moving forward because, I mean, you're going to have a playoff game or two. Hopefully your run's long enough in the playoffs, you get more than one of these, but you're going to have a game where guys just aren't making shots and you need a Jaden McDaniels to, instead of put up, you know, 12 points and, and stuff the stat sheet in other ways, you need him to get 18 points. Um, and make a couple of, of threes and, and put the ball on the floor and do some damage and get to the free throw line like he did in this game. Um, so a really good game again from from Jaden McDaniels. Nobody else had impressive numbers in this game for the Timberwolves. Um, in terms of just all around play, Torian Prince was was probably the only other guy worthy of being called a stud in this game. He was really good. Uh, and he had a DNP CD on Sunday, didn't play in the Pacers win. Uh, had a kind of a fringe rotation role on Tuesday. He played 13 minutes only in this one. He was uh, second to last. The only player that played and played less minutes than him was Jalen Noel. Um, so Torian only played 13 minutes, nine points, three rebounds, four of six shooting from the floor, one of three outside the arc. Uh, Beasley was pulled in favor of Prince at one point in the fourth quarter when when Beasley just could not knock it down, knock down a shot. But uh, this would be another minor critique of Finch was sticking with Beasley a little too long. I mean, Torian Prince has just been better than Malik Beasley all season long, and that includes in this game. Um, so a uh, a good game for Torian Prince. Good to see him contribute in a positive way again. By the way, he was one of, again, one of the three Timberwolves with a positive plus minus in this game too, off the bench in those 13 minutes. Duds, uh, we have to start with Anthony Edwards. Uh, not a good Ant game. Now, uh, the obvious caveat here is he sprained his ankle in the second quarter on Tuesday, didn't play in the second half or overtime on Tuesday night, and started this game, gutted it out, played, played hard, uh, did his best, but he made no shots from the field. 0 of 5 on three-point attempts, 0 of 8 from the field. 
did get to the line a bunch with six of 10 on free throw attempts. So he had six points, three rebounds and an assist in 32 minutes. But there's just a weird, uh, a weird game and that it didn't, I didn't feel like he attempted 10 of free throws in this game. Um, I didn't really even feel like he attempted eight shots, period. But he was just off, missed some open threes. Uh, and just, you know, I understand why he had a bad game, but I doesn't mean he didn't, I, that I can't say he had a bad game. I mean, like he, I understand the ankle's a thing, but we have to acknowledge that it just, just was not a good game for Anthony Edwards. D'Angelo Russell, though, no such excuse that, that we're aware of. Not a good game for D'Lo. Eight points on two of 11 shooting, two of eight outside the arc. That's right. He attempted three two-point shots in this game and eight three-point shots. He still got to the free throw line three times as two of three at the line. Eight points, seven assists, three rebounds, one block, one turnover for D'Lo in 32 minutes. Not his best performance. Uh, He also wasn't that great on Tuesday either. So he obviously needs the all-star break as well. Um, So there you go. There's there's two duds. I'm not even going to give one to Malik Beasley because I usually just stop it at two, but he didn't have a good game either. I already talked about his two of 11 shooting two of 10 outside the arc, but I think he was okay defensively. Um, Jordan McLaughlin also did not have a great game after playing really well of late. Much has been made of his, and rightly so, of his ridiculous like 50-some assists to one turnover ratio since January 1st. He had one turnover, no assists in this game, but you know, 50, call it 56 to two assisted turnover ratio over the last six weeks. Still nothing to sneeze at, uh, but not a good game for for J-Mac. Oh, three shooting, missed a couple of wide open corner threes, uh, three-point attempts, and uh, just had the two points on three shots in 16 minutes for Jordan McLaughlin. All right, uh, so grand scheme of things, not a good performance for the Timberwolves. They weren't that much worse than they were on Tuesday. They just didn't get the clutch play. Uh, The Raptors did a better job of defending Towns than the Hornets did down the stretch. Um, And that was really kind of the difference. Uh, Outside of the first quarter, the Wolves defended fairly well. Uh, Some lapses, obviously, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. But this was just missing open shots. It's tired legs. It's just a a home back-to-back where they just did not play well in either game. And thankfully, they split them. I, I don't know what else to say about it. So going into the All-Star break, uh, I want to do more of like a uh, unofficial first half, really the two-thirds mark uh, kind of overview on Friday. So I don't want to get too much into it now, but the Wolves are still seventh in the West, three above 500. Um, they had the, a chance to move to a season, what would have been a season best, five above 500 if they had won against the Raptors. But alas, they're 31 and 28 at the break. Uh, Friday on the show, I want to talk about the All-Star weekend. Of course, Anthony Edwards uh, was selected to play in the Rising Stars game Friday night. Not sure if he'll play with the ankle or not. We'll see. Uh, and then, obviously, Carl Thitty Towns in the three-point... Oh, and sorry, Jaden McDaniels also on Friday in the Rising Stars. Carl Thitty Towns in the three-point shooting contest Saturday as part of All-Star Saturday and then also in the All-Star game on Sunday, of course. So break all that down on Friday. We'll talk about uh, the first half as a whole uh, first first half of the season as a whole and where they sit in the standings, and then we'll peek ahead to the first part of the second half of the season. We've also got some time early next week to do some of that as well. We're working on some crossover episodes here at Locked On NBA as well, um, so stay tuned for that. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves, and thank you for making Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves and at B Beacon. Um, a reminder that Lockdown Wolves is, of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. Now make your second listen Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.